0: Well, praise the Lord, welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, we're glad you're here, we're Facebooking live on my Pastor Curtis page today only, and so later on today you'll be able to watch this on the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website The Crossway Church, and so avail yourself to all the past teachings there, I hope you do, Uh, we are excited to be teaching this great book of Galatians we're in the fifth chapter if you want to get ready and turn there wherever you might be today Merry Christmas to you it's a little cold and windy here in Northeast Texas but but uh, it's sunny today praise God it's it's beautiful out there and and uh, we're just uh, are excited this is mine and Robin's 27th wedding anniversary today so uh, we've been together for a few years and uh, and we, we're still excited about each other I love her uh, Way more than way too much, and uh, and uh, we just had 27 great years, and Jesus is the one that's made it what it is, and I give Him all the glory. And uh, this is the shortest day of the year, also, by the way. Uh, so after today, the days will start start getting longer again. And I forget what they call it, some kind of solace, winter solace, or something like that. Robin's a fifth grade science teacher; she tries to give me some of that stuff, and I don't really. It kind of goes in one ear and out of the other, but but Also, thank you for your prayers each and every day that you put forth toward the Lord for us, and thank you for your finances, those of you who support Crossway Church, and uh, for the Bibles that we send into the prison system every week, six Bibles, six expositor study Bibles a week, and uh, that's quite costly if you add that up, $33 a Bible, really a little more than that, uh, six a week, add it up, and thank you for your help, and those of you who are not helping, I encourage you to get on board with that. $33, you can put a Bible into the hand of inmates, and uh, that is a precious, precious ministry uh, that the inmates can have Jesus in the prison system. They can have a Bible that explains the Bible, wonderful Bible, the Expositor Study Bible. So, uh, praise God, it's a great day, and don't forget to be praying for our church planting process, the endeavor the Lord has us involved in in Wichita Falls, Texas. uh, Beginning next month we will be there the second weekend every month, Friday night and Saturday morning. Friday night's at 7, Saturday morning's at 10 at the Hampton Inn, 4217 Kemp Boulevard. Andrew will be ministering this uh, first uh, Friday night at 7 p.m., and I'll do the Saturday morning teaching or preaching, whatever it is. And uh, But if you know anybody in that area, the Wichita Falls, Texas area, please let them know that we'll be there the second weekend every month at the Hampton Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard. Uh, one last thing, I've already mentioned it, but write it down. It's our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's where we load everything we do here at Crossway Church there. Our worship services, all the preaching, the Romans teaching that's ongoing, the Galatians teaching. So, I encourage you to avail yourself to the website, to the YouTube channel where you'll find it all. <clears throat> and praise god for that uh, we are in as i said galatians chapter 5 and today uh, our really where we'll take off is in verse 19 but we're going to back up and read up to that starting in verse 16 but before we do let's ask the lord to give us this so precious daily bread that we need every single day him speaking to us because Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god you've got to hear from from God today. If you don't know that, I'm letting you know that. You need to be hearing from the Lord today, not just on Sunday and Wednesday night. You need to be hearing from the Lord, and uh, you can do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today in your word. Oh, how sweet it is to have the word of God before us, to be able to look upon it, and, and to hear you speaking to us, and to see you moving in our lives, and we ask you today to give us, Lord, that word that we need, that faith would come, because we know when faith comes, faith overcomes, and faith guides us in the way that we should go when we're hearing you, and I pray that you'd give us that daily bread that we desperately need today, bless those who are watching Lord, online, and those of us who are here today, we need you now more than ever before. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. Uh, Verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5 says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And now this is uh, something we've... Oh, I'm going to turn this back on because there I see. And uh, walking in the flesh is something that, that is uh, against what walking in the Spirit is doing. Uh, Walking in the Spirit means you're walking in a place where you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, And if you look over to verse 24, you'll see something very important. They that that are Christ, born-again Christians, have already in the past crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So we see the answer there for the problem of the flesh. It was crucified through our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And and I have to say this in our Galatians teaching, and that's this. If... There is a Christian who doesn't understand the way of the cross for sanctified, victorious Christian daily living. If they think that the message of the cross was just what got them in, uh, they're not going to understand very much in the Bible, and they're not going to understand anything in Galatians because Galatians is a call for the backslidden church the church under attack to put its faith uh, in this day it was circumcision and to keep the law of Moses today it's not so much circumcision it's the word of faith it's the the government of 12 the promise keepers and all the the all the the things that we come up with as men and we try to say that our faith is in the cross but God's also using these things no he's not he's only using the gospel the Gospel, the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. So what I'm trying to say is if we don't understand and our faith is not in the cross of Christ today, after 40 years of being a Christian, you're not going to understand Galatians. You're not going to understand what walking in the Spirit is. You'll just take somebody's definition that don't know themselves. Walking in the Spirit is simply faith in the cross. Because if we Walking in the Spirit is where you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then walking in the Spirit the flesh was taken care of, where it has no power, it's not reigning anymore, it's not ruling, and that was taken care of through your faith in the cross of Christ. So I want you to think about that. I want you to uh, ponder on that and read Galatians, and you'll find out that the cross is the answer for your lusting of whatever it may be. It may be a lust for women or men or money or a lust to... to yeah. It, There are a thousand things we could name, a lust for drugs, a lust for alcohol, a lust for pornography, whatever it is. The answer to that stuff not being fulfilled in you, and that means corruption, killing you, dominating you, uh, is the cross. The answer is the cross of Christ. So. Verse 17 says, because the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Notice this, this, and we talked about it last week, one of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament. First of all, you have to know that when the Bible talks about law in, in, in these scriptures, it's not talking about just the Ten Commandments, it's talking about any law that we come up with, that if I make fasting a law, if I, if I fast for three days, I don't eat any food, God's going to deliver me from some type of lust, I have some sin that's dominating my life. That that's not biblical because that's something I'm doing for deliverance instead of simple faith in what Christ did at the cross where the flesh was crucified. The flesh is not crucified by my works. It was crucified by the work of Christ. Again, it's in verse 24. This is what I'm telling you is very powerful. My flesh was, is not crucified by me fasting. My flesh is only crucified through my faith in the cross. You got that. We're good with that. Most of Christianity's not good with that. We think I've got this sin issue. I can go and I can uh, stay away from this or I can stay away from this or I can add this. I can do this. I can I can read three chapters a day. I can go to church. I can give and I, I, I in all in all my doing and all those things are good but there's no deliverance and there is no uh, crucifixion of the flesh through what I do. My faith in the crucifixion of Christ, which was the crucifixion of our flesh, is all that will remove the power of the flesh in my life. And we need to know that. And the Bible here in verse 18 says, If you are led of the Spirit, you won't be under the law. The Spirit of God's not going to lead you to do something for Deliverance from your flesh that's dominating sin through your flesh is dominating you he's not going to do it he's not going to lead you to a church where a preacher is telling you you have to do something other than believe in Christ he's the spirit of God's. Uh, now, now saying that how many millions are misplanted and not in the church God planted them there are very few churches that open the word and preach the cross of Christ Very few. A lot of the ones that say they do still won't do it. Maybe they started, but they're no longer doing it. They're all entangled in other things. But the answer that we seek is found only in the cross for everything. And the Bible bears that out. So the Spirit of God will never lead you back under the law. And under the law is where we work in the flesh. It's where the works of the flesh are located. Under the law. You know, I, me and Andrew were talking yesterday on the way to our, our Christmas event in Vivian, and, and we were talking about, you know, every time that you trust yourself in some manner to get your way or to make your point, you get in the flesh, you get angry, you curse, or you get mad and you get into, you go into a rage to get your, your point across or to get your way, you're not trusting in the work of Christ. You're trusting now in something you're doing, and it, whether we're knowledgeable about it up here or not, we are in our subconscious doing something to get our way that we think we want or deserve or must have, and I have to tell you today, that's more than just operating in the flesh. You're trusting in something other than the cross, so that's a law. That's a law. We operate by laws. We don't even know it. When you're arguing and you get in the flesh and you're depending, uh, you know, it's like men on the, work, on the workplace that think they have to curse a little bit to get their point across. And now I hear, I had not heard anything, thank God, but people are telling me all the time there are preachers cursing in the pulpit. Foul mouth in the pulpit, and all I hope they're saying that it's for the sake of winning the foul mouth, but it won't work even if that's their thought. You, God doesn't use anything in the world to save the world. You can't get earrings and tattoos to go into a Harley bikers club to save them if you do. You think the power is in your tattoos and your piercings. The power is in the gospel. Period. And God's not going to use your tattoos and your piercings and all that. He's going to use the gospel. And people that refute what I'm saying are people who are right now living in the flesh, trusting in something else. You know how many people have given tithes and offerings for years and their lives crumble. Something happens horrible, they lose everything, and they look at God and say, why is this happening? I've given tithes and offerings all my life. And the Lord, if you listen closely, is probably gonna let them know your faith has been in your giving of the tithes and offerings. It's easy to move our faith from the cross To a law of giving. A law of church attendance. A law of Bible study. We can make a law out of anything. And whether we do it up here, we're doing it back here. You have a subconscious, and you operate in that a whole lot of times. So the Spirit of God, though, he will never lead you under the law. And it's pretty amazing to me, and I've always thought it was, how the next verse 19 <clears throat> instantly goes into describing the works of the flesh. Why? Why does that just, that, was that? that's weird when you're just reading about, along. Why does he just start talking about the works of the flesh? Because he wants you to be led of the Spirit. If you're not led of the Spirit, listen to me today, you're under the law. If you're not led of the Holy Spirit, you're under the law. Because he leads you out of the law Out from under the law, and he places you under grace. And that is faith in what God did in Christ at Calvary and what God is doing in your life now through your faith in that. And he will not lead you back under law. So when he begins to say, now the works of the flesh are manifest, he's talking about the stuff, the things that are manifest in our lives when we're not letting the Spirit of God lead us and we're under law. Christians do not have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them, and most of Christianity that says they are being led of the Spirit are not being led of the Spirit. Nobody's being led of the Spirit that's going to tell me I got to be water baptized to be saved, because that's something I do. They've made a law out of that. Water baptism is something we do because we're already saved born again. It is a type, it is a a testimony of our obedience of which we already are. Romans 6 tells us that we became obedient when we believed the gospel. Think about that. So, anybody that tells me I have to do something to be saved or do something to be delivered, wake up every day and declare, I am an alcoholic, I am an alcoholic, Or, or declare, I'm not an alcoholic. It ain't in my declaration, it's in The cross of Christ is my deliverance. Everything comes through that avenue. You've got to understand that. If it's not by grace through faith, it's not the way of Christ. Jesus lived by grace through faith. That's the way. He's our example. We live by grace through faith. The, and listen, it's the, the faith that justifies is the faith of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, that's the faith we live by. If that's not the faith we're living by, we're under law. We can call all sorts of things faith and it not be faith. <clears throat> not the faith of God. Not the faith of the Bible. Not the faith of Jesus Christ. So uh, anybody that approaches you, think about how many preachers we're talking about this morning. Who get up and 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 use God's word to drive the people to works so they can find the blessings of the Lord? That's law instead of just pointing them to the sacrifice of Christ. See, but here's here's what why preachers won't do that—they lose control. And we preachers need to understand that something we're not here to control anything. We're not here to control the people of God. We're here to put the right message out so the Holy Spirit can take control and lead us under grace. And as long as we're not preaching the cross, the wisdom of the cross in God's word, then we're we're hindering the people from being led of the Spirit because we're not being led of the Spirit. I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, all the so-called moves of God. Oh, we need a move of God, and all oh, on Facebook. We need a move of God. We just need a move of God. Oh. We need to move to God, and let me tell you something. We need—we all need to be moved by God. We need, but when we are, we're moved into a place of ex- the expression of Christ, not a big hip hoopla array in a church building. That's what most people want, no more than that. And let me tell you something. A lot of you ain't gonna like it, and not, you might even call me a Baptist. They call me an Andrew, and some folk like us Baptists. But we got the Holy Ghost. We speak in tongues every single day. And let me tell you something. When you think you're doing something over there that then you're calling a move of God. You ain't got no proof that's a move of God until you tell me your testimony is in the blood and you're expressing Christ. Anybody can jump up and down run around the church and call it a move of God, but you have no proof that's a move of God. Just because you say it's a move of God, people following Kenneth Copeland. Thousands gather in Fort Worth, and, and he doesn't even believe in the same Jesus we do, and they leave the meeting saying, oh, what a sweet presence of God, the glory fell in that place, and they, listen... They don't even believe in the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus they preach and teach was defeated at Calvary, became a sinner. And I'm not getting into all that. I'm trying to make a point here. Just because you say you're having a move of God, if your testimony is not the blood and you're not expressing Christ by living obediently to the word, I don't believe you. A move of God ain't 1,000, 5,000 people getting together and putting on a big display. Thank God we can get together and worship God and praise God and have a move of God, but you ain't got no proof it's a move of God. I'm telling you today, you can get mad if you want unless your testimony is that which is in the blood, and you're expressing Christ to a lost and dying world. If that's all you're looking for is a big hip-hop hooray inside four walls somewhere, you're missing the whole point of Christianity. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. That's why I don't like that guy. He's trying to tell me I'm not in a move of God. I'm trying to tell you. I, it's not that I don't believe you. I'm trying to tell you you have no proof that you're in a move of God unless your testimony is that of the blood verbally. Verbally. And you're expressing Christ through your life, through obedience to the Word. Just because I tell somebody I'm in a move of God, that don't put me in a move of God. And that don't mean I'm having a move of God. And that's where a lot of Christians live. They think they're trusting God because they tell somebody they're trusting God. Their faith, I'm not kidding, their faith is in that. That's as spiritual as they get. Well, at least I'm telling people I'm I'm trusting God. But if you don't know to to have your faith in the cross and I'm not being ugly, you're not trusting God. We can only trust God by faith in the grace he provides. And that grace only comes to us through our faith in the cross of Christ, Galatians 2.21. Let's get back to this. Some people don't turn me off, but after they get mad and go back their way, the Holy Spirit's going to remind them of what I've said. Just because you're jumping around, bumping your head on the ceiling, don't mean you're having a move of God. You could just be operating in feelings and emotions. I'm not telling you you're not, but I'm telling you that unless your testimony is that of the blood and you're expressing Christ through your life to some degree through obedience to the word, you don't have what you think you have. Verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Where are these manifest? Under the law, not when the Spirit of God's leading you, under grace. And these are adultery. It's the first one mentioned. And I've got the definitions written here. We'll we'll go through these and hit on these a little bit today. Adultery is unfaithfulness to a spouse. That's what adultery is. It's unfaithfulness to a spouse by your intimacy with another. That's what adultery is. Romans chapter 7, we won't get into it, but Romans chapter 7 reveals a spiritual adultery. We are married to Jesus as children of God. The reason we're married to him is because we've been born again. And the Bible says in Romans 7 that we are married to the one who's alive from the dead that we might bring forth fruit. Marriages bring forth fruit. Amen. Marriages bring forth fruit. And our marriage to Jesus brings forth fruit. And when we go back under law and start trusting in something else that we used to be married to, that's adultery. That's adultery. When you go back and you start trusting in something, when you go back and you start trusting in the, the Jewish benny or blowing the shafar or building a, a tabernacle and doing all those things, when you, when you're try, and you say, well, my trust is not in that. My trust is in the cross. Well, why are you doing all that then? Why, do you, why are you doing all that then? Because you're trusting in the doing of those things, and when you do, that's spiritual adultery. That's adultery, and that happens under the flesh, under the law. See, when we we think that we can get closer to God by doing something instead of what drew us near, Ephesians 2.13 says it's the blood that drew us near. Amen. And it's the blood that keeps us near, not our works. Does our works do not work us closer to the Lord? Our faith in the cross keeps us close to him. Walking with him as you have received him. Colossians 2:6. As you have therefore received the Lord, so walk ye in him. And it's all through the New Testament. Justifying faith is saving faith and it's the only faith that works. It's the faith that brought you near unto God. It's the faith that keeps you near unto God. So adultery is, whether it's in the natural, you go out, you do something with someone that's not your spouse that you shouldn't be doing, that's adultery. If you go back under law, and I'm going to tell you something, we've, we've all done it as Christians. We've all committed this act of spiritual adultery. But thank God he found us and began to teach us the truth of his word. You know, conviction came. I'm telling you, when I began to hear the message of the cross, I didn't like it. It's about like a man cheating on his wife. And somebody comes up and says, hey, you know that's wrong, don't you? Well, he don't want to. Just let me alone, would you? Just stay. You stay away from me. Because there's conviction in that. Even if you're lost, you have a conscience. So the message of the cross, because I was in spiritual adultery, even though I couldn't explain it to you, doesn't mean I wasn't there and that I'm not responsible. I was responsible as a child of God, and I was there trusting in the words I speak, trusting in the government of 12, trusting in everything that come along, trusting in that covering garbage, and you've got to be covered by this preacher, and he's got to be covered, all that stuff. We preached it because that's what we were focused on. That's where our faith was. We lied if we say our faith was in the cross. It wasn't because we were preaching and teaching all these things, twisting Scripture, That was spiritual adultery. That's why when I heard the message of the cross, I turned it off. I I didn't want to hear that radio playing, that because I was in spiritual adultery. I was cheating on Jesus and didn't even know it. But the message of the cross began to reveal to me I was in spiritual adultery because my faith wasn't in the cross. My faith was in all these other things. That is spiritual adultery, okay? So... We could teach on that for two months. But if we did, the rapture would take place before we got out of the fifth chapter of Galatians. <laughs> the second thing that's mentioned is fornication. Now this is a different, really, that it's different than adultery. Again, adultery is unfaithfulness to a spouse. Fornication is just harlotry and sexual intimacy outside of being married at all. That's what it is. And there's even a spiritual aspect of that but I'm not going to teach on all this stuff because, first of all, I don't have the knowledge on uh, the deepness of all this. I hadn't studied all this, but fornication is just that. It's harlotry. It's a spirit of harlotry. And let me say something, and I know this will make folk mad too, but I don't care. Listen, I don't care how you dressed out there in the world when God saved you. He wants you clothed now. He don't want you coming to church leaving a little bit of this open to show that you got something up here listen we know you're a woman okay we can tell by looking cover it up there's a spirit working in all that I know folk get mad but if it takes getting mad before you get convicted and getting right I've already been down that road I know how it works but you're going to have to cover up well men ought not be looking well don't give them nothing to look at do your part you're supposed to be your brother's keeper amen Uncleanness is the next thing mentioned. That just means just things that are impure. They're not pure. The Bible says to the pure all things are pure. Just things that are not pure. You know, the Bible says that we are to uh, flee from the very appearance of evil, which are things that are not pure. We're to flee from that. We're, most of I'm not being ugly. I, I keep having to say that because people think I'm ugly and that I'm just judgmental and I'm critical. But listen, I know where the church is at because I, I, I'm a part of the church. Most of the church is where I used to walk, where I wanted to know what could I do that just was... I didn't want to fall into that, but I didn't want to get away from it either. You know, we just want to dabble in enough, close enough. And listen, that's not the mindset, doesn't need to be, of a Christian. That's a defeated mindset because when you start playing, getting close to sin, you have no power to keep it from pulling you in and dominating your life. And every Christian who has done that, had that mindset, got pulled in. Well, let's just get over here and let's just, you know, come on. Let's get together and we, 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 we won't, we won't go all, we won't inhale. Let's get back here in here where nobody can see us behind this curtain, and we won't go all the way. We listen. They always go all the way. If it ain't on that day, it'll be the next day. They'll inhale or they'll do something because sin will pull you in, and when you're pulled in, then it's got a hold of your neck. The things that are impure, the spirit of God's not going to lead you to things that are impure. And if he's not leading you to them, that means he's leading you away from them. That's why the Bible says flee. If you're being led of the Spirit, you're going to flee. It ain't just you fleeing. It's you letting the Spirit lead you away from things that even have, listen, an appearance if there's a debate you ought to hit the road my friend you're not to sit there and get in a debate that's why bless God that ain't evil unless you, why, you know, unless you think it is no does it have an appearance of evil it must because you're in a debate about it if it has an appearance of evil hit the road Jack and don't come back no more hit the road When we sit there and start debating over whether that's evil or not, if you're a Christian and you don't know, you need to question your Christianity. Amen. Is it something you do in front of your mama or your preacher? Most times, no. Uh, The next one listed is lasciviousness. And again, these are, these are things, each one of these could be talked about for an entire month of everyday uh, teaching sessions, but I'm just giving you an, an overall uh, a, a covering uh, uh, definition if I can do that. Lasciviousness is using liberty for a license to sin. When you go look it up, you're going to see all the things it talks about. Overall, it's a, it's a license to sin. And that's what the, the, the once saved always uh, say people uh, think that uh, now they're not going to say we've got a license to sin but really that's, what bi- that's what's behind that doctrine I just got a license to sin that's what's really behind the, the, the what is it the, the grace revolution it's what's behind that it's what's pushing that that, uh, I'm, that the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you of sin anymore if the Holy Spirit can't convict me of sin how can I ever flee from the appearance of evil I can't do it without him. I can't just flee. I I have to have the Holy Spirit for everything. I have to have him. If I'm going to flee, he's got to flee me. (laughs) Amen. So, lasciviousness is just using liberty for a license to sin. In the Bible, we've already read it in the Galatians teaching where the Lord tells us don't use liberty for an occasion to live in the flesh. Your liberty's not given to you now. You're not free to live in the flesh. You are free to live for Christ. To live for him. To live with him. And to be blessed by him. And then the Bible goes on and lists some more things in verse 20. And it says idolatry. And idolatry is just image worship. It's faith in anything other than the cross of Christ, and it's idolatry. We don't build stones today and bow down before them, but some people do in the world. Some people have statues. They got a, we were in the Philippines the last two years in a row, and the first year we were there, they showed us this, this shrine out there, this Catholicism. and Catholicism ain't nothing but idolatry worship. It ain't of God. They're not Christian, and I'm not being ugly again. Study it. Find out what they believe. It's not the Bible. And there's this big shrine out there. They had this big statue that means men made it with their hands. And they said well, sometime, long time ago, uh, at some point, that statue of Mary cried a tear of blood, I think. And now hundreds of thousands, if not millions, every year flock to that shrine to touch that rock, to touch that statue. But it doesn't even have to be. We can have idols, and we can, uh, if we're trusting in anything other than the cross. Some people make their preacher an idol. Some people make music an idol. Uh, we can have. What are you trusting in other than the cross? That's something. Whatever you're trusting in, it's an idol. If it's not Christ and what He did at Calvary, the next word is witchcraft. Man, there's more witchcraft in the pulpits today. Manipulation is a type of witchcraft. Witchcraft is, you look it up, it's, it'll say sorcery. That's what it'll say. It's the, it's the a Greek word pharmakai, where we get our word pharmacy. That's what sorcery means in the book of Revelation. You'll see in the very last of the last moments when the Lord's throwing hailstones from heaven and they're crying out they can't handle the wrath of the lamb and the Bible says they won't repent from their sorceries, their witchcraft. They're trusting in their witchcraft. It's just like Pharaoh. When Moses threw his staff down and and it turned into a serpent and then Pharaoh had his sorcery, his magicians throw their staffs down, they turned into serpents. They were trusting in their black magic, sorcery, and they worshiped that, the God that was behind that, not knowing they were worshiping Satan because Satan is behind every idol, every spirit that's not the spirit of God. Hmm. So sorcery, again, it's where we get our word pharmacy from. And uh, it's just, it's its what witchcraft means. Drugs, people, listen, think about people who are on drugs. What did they start doing? Now, you know, why did they start getting on drugs? Why did I get on drugs? Why did those of you start taking drugs when you took drugs? And I'm not talking about for a backache. I'm talking about why did we start smoking pot and why did we start snorting coke and meth and crank and crack and all that stuff? Why did we start doing that stuff? Why did we start getting drunk? Because we were trying to alter the way we were. We weren't satisfied with the way we were created by God. So we're going to alter ourselves and whatever excuse you give us, why you drink now even socially or take drugs unauthorized by a doctor and maybe some of them are even being used wrongly is something you could be trusting Christ for and it's witchcraft it's witchcraft it's sorcery comes into play because when 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 you listen wow there's there's Atmospheres. That ain't the right word. There's aromas. I mean people that go to nightclubs on Saturday night, they don't come into church the next morning, although a lot of them do live that kind of life, but they don't act the way they do in church the way they did in that club. Because there's atmospheres, there's things in the air, there's things controlling spirits. And We started doing drugs and smoking and everything. I remember when I first started smoking cigarettes, how horrible it was. But I wanted to be cool. And I smoked for 17 years. I wanted to learn how to hold that cigarette and look cool. Even when you drive, hold it or something. It's all about you is what it is. It's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. It's sorcery. Drug-related witchcraft. Sorcery. Also, the next one is, what are we at here? Hatred. hatred. And we all know what hatred is. Hatred. Jesus said, if you hate your brother, that's murder. Because he goes in deeper revelation with it. Listen, hatred is, is, is like killing somebody in the eyes of God. Now, when somebody comes up, well, at least I didn't go kill them, did I? In God's eyes, if you hate them, hatred is a horrible thing. Hatred, hatred can change even your physical body. It, it can mess you up. A lot of people are, Paul told the church in Corinth about this. Many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body, what he did at Calvary. That takes care of all these things. You hear me? Walking in the Spirit, faith in the cross, takes care and gets rid of all these things that we're talking about right now because these things are the manifestation of the flesh that happen under the law, meaning when we're not trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary, some of these things are going to happen to you. Even if you have a different name for it. We name things different today. We call sin accidents or we call sin problems and uh, we call homosexuality gay and they're not gay. Believe me, they're not gay. They're very unhappy and miserable on the inside. Uh, we, we, we changed our name from fools when we don't believe in God to atheists. We call everything different than what God calls it because we want to see it different than the way he sees it. But somebody being led of the spirit is seeing where the Spirit is leading. Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's not just we, when we think about being led of the Spirit we need to uh, think about that in the right We're not just being pulled along by the Holy Spirit He is teaching us to follow Him we're following Jesus by being led of his spirit he's not got us by the hand and just pulling us along he is teaching us the truth of God's word and it's up to you and I to follow him by faith if we start if we keep making excuses and renaming everything that's really sin and an abomination to God we're not following the Lord even though we say we are just like we're not in a move of God because we say we are we're following the Lord if there's a manifestation of him. If you're, Listen, if you're following Christ, that means by grace, what he's doing, through your faith in the cross, which allows you now to be obedient to the word, he's presenting himself through you. That's why Paul said it was important that you count everything dung. Everything that's not able to represent Christ has got to be let go of counted dung. We've got to come out of the nightclubs. We've got to come out of the bottle of pills. We've got to let go of this, the Marlboro Lights. We've got to let go because all those things give other people an occasion to stay in the flesh. Well, isn't that a Christian? I saw him sitting on the bar stool in that club over there. That gives those people an opportunity to say, "Well, he's a deacon, man. If he's, deacon, it must be okay. It's, it's all right." Amen, Amen or Owe me. Amen. The next thing on the list is variance, and variance is quarreling and con- with contention and strife. That's what it is. When you look it up, and I hope you do, variance is quarreling with contention and strife. There are those even on social media. They won't like my post about scripture as it pertains to truth, but if I put anything out there negative about the false prophets, boy, they all pile up on that wagon. They're, not, they're, they're really not concerned about learning the word of God in truth. They're only learned... They're they're only concerned about just pointing everything out that's wrong, and we should be warning, we should be pointing out faults, but we also should be on board with the teaching of the truth of the word of the gospel. And that predominantly is what we ought to be putting on Facebook because telling folk what's wrong, we need to do that. But that ain't never gonna change them, my friend. The truth of the word of the gospel is gonna get them out of what's wrong and keep them out of what's wrong not me telling them that it's wrong I need to tell them it's wrong a portion of the time but I need to spend most of my time showing folk what is right Right. and somebody said amen or they unfriended me on Facebook either way I'm going to keep telling the truth I point out false doctrine it needs to be done but if that's all you are doing my friend Folks told me for years it wasn't right for me not to be in church, that I needed to be in church. That never got me in church. Folks told me I needed to be doing lots of things, and that was wrong. All these things you're doing, they're wrong. It's ungodly, and you need to stop. None of that ever helped me until I began to hear the gospel. That is what brought me back. That is what has kept me. Amen. I'm not saying we shouldn't confront false doctrine. You can't contend for the faith and not confront false doctrine. Paul said we preach, we warn, and we teach. But if all you do is warn, reality and little wisdom needs to set in. Most folk, listen, I got 3,700 friends on Facebook. There's only about 1,000 to 1,100 that follow me, and those are the people that want to hear this. All the other ones ain't even seeing what I post. So most of the people I'm out there telling what ain't right, they're not seeing it anyway. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying that there's a whole lot of variance. There's a whole lot of quarreling uh, with contention and strife. And we're just simply to tell the truth and keep moving. Tell the truth and keep moving. The tr- knowing the truth is what will make you free. There's 90-something percent of the church is off track, I'll admit it, and I bring warnings all the time, call names and all that, but that's not all I do. Amen. The next one is emulations. That means fierce, heated jealousy. That's what it means when you look it up. It's a fierce... Heated jealousy. I know in the last almost 14 years of preaching this message, I know preachers who have gotten jealous of other preachers in their ministries, and that jealousy has moved them right out of the ministry. They don't even know what happened. A minister, all Christians, but ministers have to guard their heart. We all have to guard our heart, but a minister will have to guard his heart or this great truth the Lord has brought him into the message of the cross, uh, he will lose his way if he allows jealousy to come in because that minister's never allowed him to preach in their church or never called him to do this, never asked him to sing, never, uh, and and never, all these things, never even, don't even know we're here, don't even recognize, you know. So if you're not careful, jealousy will be rooted in your heart. That's a work of the flesh. We're talking about the works of the flesh. And jealousy always happens because I'm not getting something I want. And jealousy is so disguised, it'll disguise itself in this manner. It's something God told me I was supposed to have. And even if God did tell you, he was going to do something and use you in a certain way, you got to wait on him and let him do it. Don't let jealousy come in because jealousy is something that'll destroy a marriage, it'll destroy a church, it'll destroy a ministry. Jealousy, all these works of the flesh, can I say it? They destroy lives. When we're not led of the Spirit, we're under the law, and the works of the flesh are happening, even if you're trying to put on a smile and show some of these if not, most of these are working in your life. To, if, listen, if you're not under the grace, the stuff we're reading about, some of it's working in your life right now. Amen. So emulations is fierce, heated jealousy. And wrath, the next one, is a fierce anger to the point, and you look it up, I always encourage everybody to look it up, you'll see uh, this phrase, to the point of breathing hard. This is a wrath that that causes you to just grit your teeth and there's a wrath there. There's a burning that you just can't stand it. I can't wait till I get a hold of them. Just can't wait till I get in that store and tell that guy he got my parking. Oh, oh, yeah, my face gets. Oh, oh, I can't. I can't believe that person coming here. They've never even been to church here before. They probably don't even go to church and they put their Bible in my chair. Blood pressure's up, face is red, all over nothing. You know, the Lord constantly in my life speaks to me and tells me these words, Curtis, that's irrelevant. I used to go watch my boys play basketball. They love basketball. I'd go watch them. The referee would do something dumb or what I was refereeing from the bleachers and call dumb. And, man, I'd go to set out and the lord say, that's irrelevant. I wanted to holler at that, and I'm not going to lie to you, and I I did a few times, I hollered. I'd say, give me an eye. Give me another eye. Now give them to the referee. He can't see. But every time I'd feel that wrath, that rage coming on, the Lord would speak to me, and he'd really say two things. He'd say, this is irrelevant, and then he'd remind me, in 30 minutes you'll be gone, and what will it have meant? (laughs) While we come to church people people in today's uh, church, typically, because they give finances, think that gives them a right to run the church. That's not biblical. It's so unbiblical today that deacons are running the church and deacons should be tending to the people. But the preachers are hired, hirelings, to deal to deal with the preachers, and the deacons are supposed to do that according to the
1: Thank you. and you the you. <laughs> you. <laughs> the government will be based and the and the the and the to 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 and the and the and the the to the the Thank huh? This revelation rain, We would need the declarations, and we sure wouldn't need this part. We the are in the church, which will read the in the 21st century, and the murder, murderous revelings, and such, and such, and such, and It doesn't mean it. And this even written for a question to why so they can be constructive. So That means you moving in in the line. That's fine. If you're these things, if, if you're to keep ignoring the leading of the state, you could be back on the line. But the point here is not the things that you do better than the last but being the main key and reference to you, getting a lot of the spirit working after the spirit, keeping your faith on the cross, so these things... I'm have Go.